A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Each month, over 80,000 people download podcasts produced from the fevered mind of Royfield Brown. They cover a gamut of topics, like maps, politics, American presidents, history, the archers, Formula One, Jamaican culture, and Englishness. Go to wherever you get your podcast and type in Royfield Brown to discover a new favorite podcast today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Dumpty Dum is from Marie Bray, and the podcast is sponsored by Patricia Malcher. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality darky drama that is centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I am the reluctant B and B host, Royfield Brown, and here I am today with the not so reluctant hotel inspector who is Jacqueline Berto in Sanguen in Brittany, France. On this episode, we have a very special group of colorinerers we hear from. Witherspoon, Vicky Cole, Philippa, not that one, Rob, Rene, Globetrotting Richard, and finally, Polly Perks. We also have a new, hopefully regular feature from our Stephen, who can be relied upon to explain the ins and outs of some of our favourite Ambridge institutions. This is how you can get involved because this is the people's podcast. So we need your input. Otherwise, there is no podcast. If you have a question about an archer's character, place, institution, thing, whatever, send it over to us in the form of a speak pipe. Then our Stephen basically goes in his archer's TARDIS, goes back in time, gets all the information and records it for you. It's awesome. Right. And today we're starting off with the shop. We didn't understand hide nor hair of it. We're like, what is it? Is it a Tesco's? Is no, we it, made uh, it up, Morrison? didn't we? <laughs> well, it's a community I, I shop. What? It'd be wrong to say we, we made it up. but And I don't think we were wrong. But what Stephen has done, Stephen tutted violently into his phone or however he listens to this podcast and went, I actually know. So he's put together a two-minute thing about the history of the shop. It's That's awesome. brilliant, isn't it? What a great mm. thing to add to the show. Now, good people, we're all meeting in Birmingham on April the 21st and we're going to still be in Birmingham on the Saturday and the Sunday. A whole load of things for you to see and do. 90 English pounds or even Scottish pounds or Welsh. There's not actually Welsh pounds, aren't there? British pounds, let's just say that. 90 British pounds gets you dinner on Saturday night in Birmingham and then three days worth of archers related content 
with us and the academic archers. It's not just about content, Royfield. What are you on about? It's about meeting our friends from the world. Oh, sorry, you're waffling again. No, stop it, stop it. For you, it's all about the social, isn't it? You just want to knit. You just want to knit with people. There you go. I just want to meet. I want to meet. If you can get yourself to Birmingham, now, if you go onto the Dumpty Dum website or our Facebook group, all the Archers Academic group, you'll see all the links of how you can do this. There's going to be lots of panels where people talk about various aspects of the Archers. We're going to do a live recording of Dumpty Dum with, with Sonny Ormond, who plays Lillian. You need to sort out your travel and your hotel. Now, I think some Archers fans are going to be coming solo from around the country. So what would be quite nice, if you are driving up and you have spare space in your car, why don't you send us a message via WhatsApp? And what we can do is if other Archers fans are maybe struggling with travel or are also travelling alone and can keep you company, we can buddy you up with them. I know specifically what the academic archers do is they do a buddy system throughout the weekend anyway. So if some if you come up and you don't physically know anybody, they'll buddy you up with two or three people so you've got some pals to talk to. But you know what? We'll all end up talking to each other. But specifically for travel, if you're coming up in a car, send us a WhatsApp note which is plus four four seven nine five seven one six seven six nine six say i'm driving up from point a london glasgow hull immingham wherever and then what we can do is then put out a shout out to people who also come up from those places who might then be able to jump in your motor and keep the company so right 90 quid the whole weekend 40 pounds gets you just saturday 30 pounds gets you dinner into the cozy club which is going to happen on saturday night already we've done 80 seats for dinner so there's 20 more to go yeah so say we've got 100 available is that it Yes. Anyway, that's that. But look at dumdydum.com, Academic Archers on Facebook or dumdydum on Facebook. All the links are there. Can't wait to see you. I, for one, will be hiding behind the stage. Just just be giving content. Jacqueline will be meeting and greeting and knitting with you. Right now. I don't on knit. This week's Stop about the knitting. Stitching. Well, stitching. Not knitting. What's the difference? What's the difference? A lot of difference. Ooh, oh, Royfield, you're going to learn a lot in Birmingham. <laughs> Can I just also say that on the Friday, I'm driving from Poole to Birmingham on the Friday. If anybody wants me to pick them up in Oxford or anywhere on the Friday afternoon, just contact me and I'll... Uh, I've got a five-seater, six-seater car, so people can can book their places with me. There you go. Such is the way of Dum-de-Dum. We're a wonderful lot and there is space in Jacqueline's camper van. Now, on this week's episode, we have Tweet of the Week from our Purple Pumpkin Arc, and the social media roundup is from our Katie. Don't forget to search for Dumby Dum on YouTube. If you do nothing else other than watch your videos, subscribe, and that'll be most awesome. You'll be able to see hours of interviews where we interview the actors who play the characters on The Archers. And of course, during this show, we should be wishing a very, very warm welcome to the 24 new members of our Facebook group. Did I say that quick enough? What a number. We have over 2,300 members. 24 uh, new members. Something must have happened, Roy. I think there's been a fallout in Archer's fandom on Facebook. I think the implosion of the BBC Archer's group has led to refugees running and scurrying to all various uh, fandom bits of the Archers on Facebook. Now, we continue to need your dumbdums to give us a bank of tunes <laughs> so we can play them in the future. So if you fancy singing with your friends and family, two to ninety tin whistle, sending us a full orchestral rendition of Barwick Green, please send it to us. It will be most welcome. I think that we have a couple that arrived this week, which is fab, but please do keep them coming. And you keep them coming by sending them on SpeakPipe. Which is brilliant. First, we're going to look at our week in Ambridge from our Sui Queen Otat. Hello, lovely people. It's Sui Queen Otat on the Twitters here. And another week in Ambridge. And what a week it's been. Brian, quite justifiably, got his legs very much slapped this week by Susan. Metaphorically. She is an enigma for sure. Most of the time she's overwhelmingly annoying, judgmental and gossipy. And then she comes out with her good advice and a wake-up call for Brian about what his children and the rest of Jenny's family need. We do need the contrast, I admit, but oh, she is infuriating. 
Alice certainly needs the help to ensure she doesn't start drinking again. And Susan gave Alice a book to put Jenny Darling's recipes in and offered to do more looking after Martha so she can go to meetings. Brian has definitely turned over a new leaf, inviting Kirsty and Roy to share the shepherd's pie he got from Joy, and then he fell asleep in the armchair. Most likely the best rest he's had, according to Ardil, who is still around and acted as a foil to tell Roy to try behaving like a decent human being. And to do so sincerely, which could be a bit of a struggle for Roy. They were treated to one of Jenny's last beef wellingtons and a couple of shop bought puddings. Will Lee go to California or won't he? I think we just want them to stop talking about it. I wish he'd take Helen with him, though she would struggle setting up a new cheese business there. The restrictions on the movement of dairy and fruit and veg into California are draconian. The chat Helen had with Tony was quite charming, and at least she's moved on from that rub bloke. There was much back and forth about whether she should let Lee go. It ceased eventually, and they're both stopping. Lillian and Tony faffed about with ladders and projectors, and then predictably kissed and made up over slides from their childhood. Tony has fixed the carriage clock with the tender ministrations of St. Leonard. I thoroughly laughed my socks off at the thought that Pat would make Tony clear his workshop up. Perhaps we need Nick Knowles in to come and help. For those who are not British, he runs a programme getting people to clear their houses up. Thank goodness it was not Tony's train set, otherwise I'm not sure things would have thawed out so much. Brookfield's B&B got a trial by fire from Lindy Bottom, or should we say Inez, hypoallergenic, whiny picking and no sniffling and doesn't have to sniff all the time. She really is a card, but she gave Ben some excellent advice, especially not to do too much for the guests. David tried to muscle in, literally, at the kitchen sink, stripping off. They should exploit their USB of the adventurousness of farming life. Let's face it, they forget what we're hoping for every week. Let's hope next week's a good one. Till then, my lovelies. Aha! Thank you for that, Suey. Am I allowed to say that I've dipped a little with my love for Ambridge in the last oh, few Have weeks. you lost a bit of energy? Yeah, lost me mojo. Need to find it again. For me, I always know when I've lost it, when I don't listen to the daily episodes. They plop onto my phone and I go, ah, I'll listen to that tomorrow. And invariably, I get to Saturday and I still haven't listened. So then I have to listen to the Ooh. Omnibus. If I'm listening to the Omnibus as my first listen, that means I lost my mojo. Oh, that's so sad. Maybe it's because we're in the doldrums between Jenny's death and the the funeral, which the funeral. is definitely feeling very long now. It is. And in the great scheme of things, this is just playing out in, in real time. But we yeah. are listening to a drama. So it, for us, it feels like they're extending time, but they're actually, they're not. And they're, no, they're exploring, no, they're not. Yeah. And they're exploring all aspects of grief, which we've talked about, but also how other people then react to grief. So we've mm. got Roy and Kirsty yeah. being the neighbours. And that's all wonderful. We must talk about our deal. I don't have to talk about it, but you do. There's a little twinkle in your eye all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, Come because on, in fact, I, well, no, I've mm. wanted since the beginning to know what his backstory was about mm. who he is, whether he's really the owner, blah, blah, blah. But getting to know a bit of his backstory this week, because he was sharp with Roy, justifiably, in my opinion, my humble opinion, as people say. But yeah, I think he's uh, he's got a sad story behind him, and I want to know more. I tell you what, no, so let's, get on, let's Linda. Have our Lindy bot answer the phone, and then we can jump in with these caller inners and with our new slot, and maybe Ooh. you can tell us why you love the deal so much hello ambridge 3962 first off it's philippa hello royfield hope you're well just my thoughts on the archers this week i thought susan and alice were amazing i thought Kirsty and roy lester of course brian can come to supper every night if need be bless him he needs help i thought it was really uncharitable of them and good for Ardil for pointing it out. I also thought Linda's breakfast sounded fab. The eggs and sourdough. At least she didn't have to get some burnt pizza served by Ruth. Tony. Oh, that's Simba the cat. Move. Tony clearly needs to be in the repair shop. And this cat. Get down. Ugh. 
And we so nearly got Lee on a plane to the States, but not quite. Maybe that'll happen next time. Helen needs to try harder. Hope everyone's well. Speak soon. Thank you. Goodbye. Right then. Now, all I've got was <laughs> visions of the Lion King in that go. What type of cat? I hope it's a domestic cat and not one that drives the African plane. I mean, that is just fantastic as a call, Philippa. I thank you so much. We know you have a cat called Simba. But the idea of you batting him away is... Alice and Susan, what a good connection. Lovely, lovely. Yeah. They always will be family. They've got a daughter and granddaughter in common. And we talked about tough love last week. Yeah. We talked yeah. at times, you just have to go in, prop somebody up, and then tell them about themselves. Yeah. And uh, Brian needed Susan to go around there and metaphorically throw a bucket of cold water over him and say, shape up because other people are suffering too. And maybe it needed to come from somebody outside of the inner sanctum absolutely, of the family. Absolutely, absolutely. I couldn't agree more, Royfield. I thought that it was brilliant it came from her. Yeah. Outside the family. I also enjoyed this part of the story. She said that she found Kirsty and Roy uncharitable. I agree, they were. But, but it's but humans. It's- yes, it is human. You know, you get in from work at the end of the day, you're bloody tired, aren't you? You don't want to be messing with people in your space. <laughs> and then, uh, personally, I don't know. It was absolutely perfect at the end. Our deal put them all right. He's such a star. Is he? Well, or is know. he going to be another one of these underutilised characters? Oh, no, I don't think he's going to be underutilised. I think he's going to be... I'm asking the question. I'm not saying he is. I'm saying... No, I think my my, my Mm. personal opinion is that he's not going to be. He's going to be real add-on to Ambridge's life. An integral part of the village. Yeah, do you know, when in 15 years' time, when you're 55 and I'm 185, we'll be saying, God, thank goodness we recognise that our deal was going to be a great part of the the Archer's storyline. We haven't really talked about how you did at school we talked about your way with teenage years of you stowing away to get up to no good in holland jumping on the ferry from immingham but we've never actually talked about your academic prowess because i'm telling you maths was not your strong point if you think in 15 years time i'm going to be 55 if only that were true if only that were true so whether it is c maths or o level maths you did no, i did o level uh, madam i did cse french but o level maths and look how and that turned out. Did you get a C or less in, in maths? I got a C in everything, me. Really? Yeah, I got straight C's all the way through, except French was a bit dodgy. So, GCE, Ooh. no, GSE, GCE. Oh, God, you've confused me now. GCSE. G- no, GCE. Oh, God. It, it was GCE I'm before it was GCSE. Now. Okay, but got it anyway. You got something. I got French pass. Which is amazing. You wrote now. your name on the front of the exam paper and they were. And said, We, oui, je suis moi. We, je suis moi. All right, cool. What else did Philippa say while she's wrestling her cat away from her phone? Uh, she thought our, de- our deal was good and she would mm. like that breakfast mm. that Ben mm. produced. Okay, Philippa, awesome call. <laughs> Next time, get your moggy under control. I tell you what, Americans don't say moggy. When I say moggy, Americans look at me like, what? I'm like, it's a cat, moggy. They're like, what? What's a anyway. moggy in What's a moggy in American? Oh, they don't call it a pussy either. They no, look at that, you. I don't, I don't go there. <laughs> I tell you. I'm like, it's a pussy cat. It's a pussy. <laughs> and they go, and people think I'm being wildly inappropriate. I'm like, <laughs> it's a pussy cat. Wow. Anyway, so don't say moggy. <laughs> don't say pussy. Just call it a cat. When you're in America. On that stunning note, on that stunning note, let's go to our international traveling businessman. His name is Dick, a.k.a. Richard. Hi, Richard in Lisbon. (laughs) Would Lee have got a visa visa to go to the States had he decided to go? I think not. More importantly, lots of empathy of people who dealt with bereavements, family, funerals, and close friends suffered a lot in this area in recent years in my world and a few reflections. One is, it's worth thinking ahead. I'm clearing out a house at the moment because partly as a ricochet of having to deal with the clear out of my parents' house with some help from other members of my generation. 
I don't want to leave that to my kids. Think about your funeral arrangements, much as it's not good to go to a crematorium that's next to a scrapyard or a second-hand car dealership. I do think people are liable to get ripped off, as they are with weddings. And I think it was my calling about Jasper and Tracy that led me to say it would be nice to have a low-budget wedding. Low-budget funerals can be fine as well. There's a very nice business exporting flammable wicker coffins from Poland to Western Europe for people who prefer to be cremated. I'm not sure I remember thinking about that. So if you're going to get cremated, don't use up valuable rainforest teak. It's ridiculous. But also all the things that Jenny did wrong. Did she leave a will? No instructions for the funeral. Should one speak ill of the dead? Yes, if she's only fictional. She also shared medical information with some family members and not others. And if you've got any unresolved business with any relatives at all, get on the phone and talk to them. Don't leave things unsaid. Bye. Get it sorted, Royfield. I got my will sorted as soon as I became a dad. Me too. You became a father. Yeah. <laughs> we, we haven't talked about that side of my life, have we? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. No, as soon as um, I became a parent, yeah, sorted the will, changed it several times since, but nothing really changes. And as I've said before, in France, you can't disinherit your children. Yes, you have said that. You have said that. I can't remember which character said it, but they said if death doesn't make you realise that, you know, you need to... They didn't quite say seize every moment, but it was it, this is what gave Lillian pause for thought. Nothing it was does, Lee. Really. Was it Lee? Yes, it this was week. Lee. Yeah. And yeah. that, that was an, a surprisingly profound thought that came from a surprisingly shallow character. He's not shallow. It's just that he's just not doesn't have any, I was going to say he's not shallow, he just doesn't have any depth. But without yeah. me saying the same thing. <laughs> Lee, what is what you get? That's yeah, the it's thing. A, he's very difficult to assess Lee because you think he's a white trainer man, he's a bit of a, you know. Okay. But what have you got against white trainers? What do you have against white trainers? As a mum, you can never what keep them clean. do you, but it's not your job to keep them clean. Oh, yes, it is if you're a mum. Or oh, guide wow. your children on how to keep I, them clean. My mum obviously out, let you? me just run feral then. I'm telling you, she <laughs> wasn't cleaning my trainer. Clean them, but I guide them and help them. You've got to show them wow. how to get, how to do basic tasks. Like keeping your trainers mm. clean. Goodness. But Lee comes across as a bit of a wimp sometimes. And in fact, this whole storyline mm. this week, with him, with Helen, and his indecision. I've respected him in the end because he came to the decision that, yeah, it was the decision that Helen wanted him to take, that she, he stays with her over the children. He was in a real quandary. He was angry that his ex-wife was taking the children away. We talked about it totally last understandable. week. Yeah, totally it understandable. Yeah, it is totally understandable. But when she said go, because that's the best, he then panicked about his relationship with Helen and the boys. And he has actually become the father to Jack and uh, Henry. And he did call them his sons, didn't yeah. he? He did. He did. He did call them his sons. I, I actually found, I, I know, I'm such a wimp, but I found that You're quite a moving. I am a softy, yeah. Yeah, let's face it, I'm a softy. I like all the storylines, really. There's only Pip that really annoys me after Shula, and Shula's gone, so blah, 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 and Pip's not in it at the moment. So I am a softy. (laughs) (laughs) So I found it quite moving that him having been so adamant about he's not going to let his girls go, but actually realised that, if that's what they want, if and he's got a really nice life here in Ambridge with Helen, who he loves, and his boys who follow him everywhere, who do everything that he wants to do, so why not? I'm sure I've said this before, but as a father who went through exactly the same thing, my children's mother saying, I'm going to take them across the ocean, I'm telling you, and I tell anybody's in this situation, FaceTime, WhatsApp, doesn't half make things a whole lot easier. 20 plus years ago, when you couldn't afford to A, get on the phone all day, every day with small children and all see their little cherub-like faces, and you couldn't see them show you their homework, completely different world. And do not get me wrong, California is a whole half of a planet away from Ambridge. However, you know what? If you get on a plane, 
it is 10 hours. In the great scheme of things, 10 hours isn't that far. Yes, you can't do it on a weekly basis, but you know what? If you save your pennies up, you can do it three times a year. You can do. You can get them back over for summer holidays. And when Noah and Ella first went to Canada, Noah was five and a half. And I created, Ben and I went slightly OT, I created a little web page for him. And there was a big red button on it. And he could press that button and it would ring all my computers in the house. And I could speak to him from anywhere in the house. Right. Okay. I went a little bit over, but I did my son's homework with him. This was in the days of Skype and his mom put the laptop up and he'd come in from school and he'd be doing his homework and he'd ring me and says, daddy, I'm doing maths. And I saw him doing his maths. And then he'd, after 10 minutes, he'd say, I do not know this answer. And he'd turn and show me his exercise book. I was crying buckets. You still can have an effective relationship with your children with modern technology. You don't have to feel like you're cut off. Admittedly, you need the mother or the other partner to facilitate that. You absolutely do. And when they're teenagers, it's tricky. It's rocky because they're on their phones all the time, but they don't necessarily want to talk to you. Right. But there is a sweet spot between, let's say, 5 and, I don't know, let's say 11, 12, 13, where actually you are still your hero to your children and you can actually see them every other day. And you can physically see their faces and it's not that bad. Half of this is mental. Thinking, okay, they're 30 miles down the road as opposed to 8,000. 8,000, yeah. But actually, a weekend here, a weekend there, you can add up all those weekends and say, you know what, they come over for the summer holiday and you have a much more emotionally enriching time with them as long as you're still communicating with them. So I I love this storyline and and the decision that Lee had to make, which is a case of, wait on a minute, do I give up the woman that I love to potentially go away to California? And I take Richard's point completely. It's not necessarily even going to get a visa. It's not the easiest place to get into America. No, not at um, all. No. You've no. been very lucky. Yeah. So great story. Love the fact that Helen's, but her wrestling with the selfishness has been a key part of it. It's just, I don't want the girls living here. But you absolutely, know, my boys come I, first. Absolutely. And I want the people who diss her all the time. There are lots of people in our community, dum dum community, diss her. I want them to think about actually where she was coming from it was about those other children i must admit i'm not a helen disser but i think she was actually wrong in this case you should have just said you know what lee if the girls want to come and live here if they don't want to go to california and they want to live with us we'll make it work because you know what you're my partner and you you've shown me your love by te- by being a father to my two sons so it's the least i can do that to me should have been the correct answer how they then but make she it couldn't work do that. is another thing. But she couldn't do that, which was very honest, very insightful yeah, of the right. I writers. think she's been very honest. And I think yeah. about time that Helen was honest with herself because I'm sure she's just lied all the way along the line to us. <laughs> anyway, that's my next hate figure. Let's all go right. on. Let's move on. The best and the easiest way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to www.speakpipe.com forward slash dumpty dum. Now, don't forget the T in the middle. You can also find a link to this in our show notes. Or you can send us a voice note via WhatsApp on 0044-7957-181. God, start again. 0044 Seven nine five seven one six seven six nine six. Now we do need your calls in by six pm on a Sunday UK time. Apart from when we say ha, we've only got one call. Please keep your call to a maximum of two minutes, and bear in mind you need to be at least eighteen to take part. Now this is the People's Podcast. I've said it twice already. So this is the third time the trifecta of me saying this. So if it's the People's Podcast, there are a few things that you can do to be part of the podcast. First off, if you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button on Apple iTunes or whatever podcatcher you're listening to us on. Secondly, if you wouldn't mind, 
please give us a five-star review. It would be hugely appreciated, especially if it's on Apple iTunes. And thirdly, the th- and finally, the third thing is you can consider becoming a patron. Patron is a wonderful way of tipping creators like us. There are different levels with different rewards. If you just go to patreon.com, search for dumdum.com, you'll be tickled pink to have your support. Now, this show is sponsored by Patricia Malcher. And she actually, she's one of these clever people. It's clever, but she's uh, clever in a different way. She didn't go to Patreon and give us a donation. She actually went to dumdum.com and hit the donate button. And she is now then the sponsor of this week's and next week's episode. So you can be like Patricia, go on to dumdum.com, hit the donate button, and uh, you can sponsor the show now we have a brand new section everybody i did mention it before this is where you have the right to come on to dumdy dum and basically say there's something which i don't quite understand now suffice to say i talk a lot jacqueline talks a lot but we don't know an awful lot right i'll tell you who does our stephen bowden so he's given us the skinny the sp on the shop which we were rattling and prattling on about New section. This is Stephen's Corner. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Here is an illustrated summary of the news. Hello, you two. I thought you might welcome a potted history of the village shop. Our story starts in 1969, when young Polly Perks won the princely sum of £1,000 on a premium bond and used the money to take over the Ambridge village shop. In 1970, Polly took the radical step of reorganising the place along self-service lines. In 1972, Peggy Archer persuaded Polly and her husband Sid to take over the running of the bull, which they did, selling the shop to Jack Woolley. Jack threatened to close the shop on quite a few occasions over the years, particularly after he'd been caught up in Clive Horobin's armed raid on the post office in 1993, and its future was in serious doubt in 2009. This is when Pat floated the idea of a community shop. Under this arrangement, Susan would keep her job as postmistress but everybody else would be volunteers. In December 2009, Peggy, acting on Jack's behalf, gave the community shop a 10-year lease. This arrangement was disrupted by the floods of 2015, when the shop temporarily relocated to Bridge Farm. In August, while the actual shop building was lying empty, Linda spotted a notice on the door announcing that planning permission was being sought to convert the shop into flats. This was Hazel Woolley's doing, She'd inherited the shop the previous year after Jack died. And it was at this point that Jim started looking into registering the shop as a community asset. Peggy took Hazel on over her plans and eventually managed to get her to back down. And community asset status came through in time for the reopening of the shop on the green in December 2015. Hazel still owns the shop and even during her last visit in 2021, she didn't talk about selling it. I hope that that has been helpful. Bye. That most definitely has been helpful, Stephen. I've got no more questions about the village shop other than what happened in the 1950s. 
Thank you, Stephen. Oh, God, we're going to learn so much, Royfield, from this section of the show. Stephen's Corner, quite simply, if you've got a question about a character, an institution, an archer's thing, a place, I don't know, you want to talk about Lakey Hill, how is it formed? In what geological era? I don't know. Stephen's got all the answers. Uh, I want to know speak, about Arkwright I... Hall. So it has you disappeared, go, hasn't it? It's it completely has... disappeared. It you used to talk about thing. Arkwright Hall, yeah, but where is yeah. it now? Although, didn't Brian and Nola Tunda go for a walk to Arkwright Hall in the last few weeks, which is why I've remembered it? So let's see. See, let's see what happens with okay, that. Let, People let, will. Let's... What was the school Kathy Perks was a teacher at? Is he asking me? I can't remember either. (laughs) Is it like grain, spinny, comprehensive or something or another? But anyway, but these are the things where we need the great brains, the people who are long of tooth but still sound of memory to ring in and to tell us. And long live Stephen's Corner. Right, now next up, guess who it is? It's my Vicky Cole. Hello, this is Vicky Cole. I'm really hoping I get in time for this week's show. The first thing I wanted to say is that I felt they missed a trick with this whole Lee and Helen and California storyline. I think they could have spun that out for longer and really created some high drama and tension with that, which they didn't. They resolved it very quickly, as far as we know. What I really wanted to say was about the scene with Linian and Tony and the old slides. It reminded me very much of an occasion with my husband's family, where we found some old slides and we found a projector that sort of worked and we rigged up a sheet. And we were looking at these. I think my father-in-law by this time was in a care home with dementia. So it was really poignant seeing these pictures of them when they were young. It was when they both first went out to Sri Lanka. And it was just wonderful to see them. And what was particularly nice for us, our daughter doesn't particularly look like either of us. But when we saw the pictures of my mother-in-law when she was young, it was very similar to Claire. And it was so nice that she had some sort of roots in the family somehow that we'd not seen before. Obviously, we had seen pictures of my mother-in-law when she was young, but somehow this one just spoke to us of Claire, and it was lovely. I'm all booked for Birmingham. I'm dead excited. So see you all then, I hope. But for everybody, stay well, stay safe. Lots of love. Bye. Oh, lovely Vicky Cole. You've Mm -hmm. met her already, haven't you? I've met Vicky twice now. I think once in Notting Hill, w- w- once in Brum, and I might have to whisk her away for a little cup of tea and a bun. At no, some point no, during, no, you're during not allowed to do that. I'm going to be with you because she's our Vicky <laughs> Cole now. <laughs> but wait a minute, when you have she's your a little favourites, she's a stitcher. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But when you have your favourites, I don't muscle in. You're happy to our deal. I'm just like have him, have him. Don't care. Our deal is fictional. Vicky's real. Stop being such okay. a... Fair such enough. A, Fair enough. Don't know what. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> what do we think about the fact that Vicky thinks that Lee and Helen, the Lee and Helen storyline could have been spun out a bit longer? What do you think, Royfield? Again, I think literally everything I'm about to say, I've said before, when my kid's mum told me that she was going to go to Canada, it was in January. She didn't go until August. So there was the initial shock. No, yeah. you're not. I said, no, you're not. She says, yes, I am. Then there were times when it dawned on me that this was happening. The end of the school year, because I remember I wanted to buy a new school uniform for Noah. And she said, what's the point? He's going to Canada. And I was like, what? And even though I knew this, it was in the back of my mind. And my God, that last week was terrible. It was terrible. Dragging it out, Mm. but not in terms of day after day. But there's still, hopefully there's still more to come. And that's really what I'm alluding to. I presume they're going to go after the school year. It's not going to disrupt that, I'm presuming. Depends yeah, let's when she hope, let's job, hope they do fair. that. We don't know. Let's hope yeah. they're going to do that. But I agree with Vicky as well, yeah. I think it should yeah. be. There, there are these different kind of milestones and their last visit to you in the UK, that's all emotional. Oh, it's going to be really hard. You know? So and then just the, because we... he said, yes, this is a fait accompli, they're going, doesn't mean the storyline is over, is my point. Yeah, I think you're right because, in fact, as you say, if they stay with in the story until the end of July for the end of the school year, yeah, I think it's going to be dragged out. It's going to be all sorts of... I suspect maybe one of the girls might be more reluctant than the other. 
I don't. That'd be an interesting that, that twist. To me, that to me sounds like w- wishful thinking. When oh yeah, maybe w- with all due respect, it's like mm. do you want to be in Ambridge or wherever they're supposed to live, Felpersham or Borsetshire, nearby they live. somewhere in Borsetshire. Yeah. Or do you want to be in? Yeah, California. but California. Cali- yeah, Mister California man. California maybe isn't all it's cracked up to be. Yes, I. You know what? And it isn't right. However. If you're, how old are these girls? 12 and 14, something like that. Yeah, something to them, like that. At that age, it is everything it's cracked up to It's be. all beach boys and whatever it is on the roller skating yeah, along ev- the front. Exactly. Everybody has got a surfboard. The sun never stops shining, even at midnight. Everybody yeah. looks amazing. There is no way that you can say to a young teenage girl, Cambridge or California, and expect them to say anything other than California. Or a six to three year old woman. I think I'd go to California. Talk myself <laughs> out of that one. Right. Now, next call. Uh, next call is Rob. Hi there, Royfield Jacqueline and Dunstanders around the world. Rob Williams here. I have been wondering the package that was being delivered for Adil and Linda said, oh, it'll be collected or something. I can't remember exactly what. I wonder whether that's going to have anything to do with what ever is going to happen to Robert following the early demise of the actor who played him. Is he going to be replaced? Is he going to be quietly brought forward as having died or what? I don't know. But anyway, take care. Looking forward to seeing everybody in April. So, Rob, what did he have to say? He's Uh, suggesting that a package that our deal was going to receive might have something to do with Rob's death. Who's death? Robert Stell, who the oh. actor's died. <laughs> that was all very difficult. Uh, you know what? I think Robert could easily just fade into just being a silent because we all loved Robert and his relationship with Lindy was lovely and he was such a calming influence on her. But he was never pivotal to any storyline. Him and Jim, a little bit of twitching Bert wars. But we twitching yeah. wars, definitely. Wonderful, underutilised character, all things said and done. So if he just fades out a little and he just gets referred to... Oh, I feel that... I don't know, because his relationship with Lindy Bot was one of those super, super sweet... I agree. But... I agree. But are we going to have... Another death so soon? It I makes don't think sense we can... to me. To yeah. me, it makes sense. You keep him around notionally for another, I don't know, three years, and then he has a heart attack or something or another. But I have to say, this evening, the potential death of Robert Tell caused hilarity in our house that doesn't happen very often. Because here I was doing my preparation for this, uh, recording the podcast, and Emily, Mimi, my little girl of 21, was in the room when I listened to a couple of calls, and she said, what? They're talking about Robert? Rob? Rob? She's not the evil one. I haven't listened to him since we were in New York with Lonnie. (laughs) So she thought that we were talking about Rob (laughs) and not uh, Rob, Robert, Rob, Rob, Rob. Lovely, lovely character, wonderful actor. Yeah. So Let him just, sad, just, so just fade. Exactly. Let yeah. him just and fade. And I think you're right. He should just fade out. Yeah. But I tell you who's not going to fade, Zar with a spoon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Roy Field, Jacqueline, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Last week, I suggested that Debbie get on the phone and charm Brian into agreeing to cooperate with the funeral planning. On Monday, it wasn't Debbie, but Susan. And, well, clearly, Susan never went to charm school. Instead, she used a rubber hammer very effectively to lightly bludgeon Brian into gaining insight into his recent behavior. Seriously, I thought it was a wonderful scene and presented Susan, whom we sometimes love and sometimes hate, at her best. I'm also very happy that she and Alice have repaired their relationship. Is it setting the scene for a second marital go-around for Alice and Chris? Inquiring minds want to know. 
And what about Brian? Royfield and Jacqueline had some questions about him last week. Susan's intervention in the tradition of the Ambridge Fairies quickly set him on the right path after a couple of weeks of some warning signs of pathological grief. Guilt can be a factor in fueling intense grieving, and we know that Brian had plenty to feel guilty about in his imperfect behavior and causing Jennifer much emotional pain. Perhaps Brian was also feeling guilty about the circumstances of Jennifer's death. Maybe he didn't want her to give up and feels guilty that he didn't try hard enough to convince her to have cardiac surgery. We'll probably never know the answer to that. Hosts, please discuss. I'll stop here because I need to make a reservation for the Archer B&B for our Dumpty Dum meetup weekend. Nah, just kidding. If there's one thing we learned this week, it's never stay in a house with David, and that Linda can be brilliantly funny at times. Talk to you soon. Ha ha. Discuss, mm. Royfield. What do we think about Witherspoon's suggestion, and he's the expert, that Patetta maybe, oh God, French, does Brian feel guilty about persuading Jenny to not working harder for Jenny to have the, the surgery. I, I honestly don't know. No, I honestly either. don't know. I didn't read that. It's, it's just suffering from overwhelming grief. And what, one of the things which we do is when somebody passes away, we confer sainthood upon them. We only fundamentally remember the good bits. The good things, yeah. Yeah. And Jenny's good bits invariably are forgiving Brian his bad bits, his affairs and foibles. And so for me, the guilt that he's feeling is this woman who was a saint who forgave me all of my misdeeds has gone. And I think that we talked about this last week in terms of Jenny just being the doer. He had to do dinner last week for Roy and Kirsty, and he didn't really know how the oven worked. Had no idea. Had no idea. He forgot the plates for the dessert. And he says, most effective, Jenny would have did all this. He knew what to do. He's feeling like a fish out of water, as we all do when our partners pass He's quite normal. It's normal. Yeah, but these are nice little insights as to somebody coming to terms with the passing of the partner. But if he feels guilty about the health stuff, I don't know. I don't know. But I think he feels guilty thinking all the things which he, he put us through. Yeah, indeed. What else did Mr. Spoon say? Anything else we should comment on? Apart from the fact that he teased us and said he was going to come to the event and then... Yeah, that was horrible. Mean. Yeah, pretty mean. Stop pretty it, mean, stop Mr. It, Spoon. Stop it. Right, and he, he you... talked about Susan. He talked about Susan. Oh, and yes. We, we love her and sometimes... Yeah, we and we hate her. her. Yeah, everybody knows that. I tell you who doesn't play hard and fast with our emotions. It's Renee. And she's up next. Hello, Royfield, Jacqueline and all Dumpty Dummers listening. It's Renee again here. So this week, Susan is the first person I want to talk about. I loved her this week. Susan's one of those people that I really love to dislike her on The Archers. Just because she's such a gossiper and she can be a bit patronising and just a bit rude sometimes. But I think that's just, that's why she's such a fun character to listen to. But I just love how solid and supportive of a person she was for Alice. I'm so glad that she spoke to Brian about things and that she went back to Alice after finding out that she had misinterpreted the meaning behind her text message. I just, oh, I just thought Susan was honestly amazing for Alice this week. So great. Tony, he was really strong and wise and patient with Lee. And I'm really glad that Lee's come to a decision. I just think Tony was a real good source of support for him. Tony reminded me quite a lot of Neil this week, actually. Neil's that really stolid and wise and dependable person. I feel like that was Tony this week for Lee, which was really nice. And, oh, Linda made me laugh so much this week with her, her and her pseudonyms. Honestly, she makes me laugh so, so much. I just loved her interaction when she did the bed and breakfast and then she broke out of character and said to who was it and said to David you need to take this seriously and then I felt a bit sad at the end when she said that Robert was coming to pick her up because I just remembered that at some point they're probably going to have to include Robert's death or leaving in the archers but anyway yeah really good week on the archers that's all for me for now thank you bye I like Renee she's lovely she's awesome she sounds lovely she sounds young as well 
she does not like us no, beat up true. has beens best Ugh, days are behind us there you go there you go tired haggard everything's all jowly and oh. youth it's wasted on them anyway renee thank you for that lovely call yeah tony the wisdom of tony and she's completely right that those words should have really come out of neil yeah couldn't agree more yeah and, i completely agree with her and though i thought linda was somewhat over the top i thought the point about bess was a really good one a really good one There's you so have so many good points yes. uh, in that yeah yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. Bess, you, know, you have to say very clearly this is a working farm and things will happen around you there is a working dog it might because yeah so some people maisha my daughter is allergic to fur you got to say oh this stuff. Oh, my goodness. The line that got to me was, oh, yes, but you're selling the ideal farm story and it isn't what you think, it's yeah. what they think. Absolutely. As somebody who's done Airbnbs, been to Airbnbs, yeah, I remember you doing Airbnb, Airbnb yeah. I was like, bloody hell, I needed Linda to come around the place first off. Yeah, it's slightly different because I gave my place, my whole place over to them. But once yeah. or twice, I was there when they were there. Yeah, it was actually very good. Very and good. I can say, as a the owner of a holiday cottage complex in mm-hmm. North Yorkshire, in my past mm-hmm. life, oh, you've got to be very careful. And I became an inspector for Yorkshire tourism at one stage. And, oh, no, there's so many things you can and can't do. True that. Now, Madame Berto, we have one more caller in a row. And we still yeah, have let's a go few it. more bits and pieces to do. Now, yeah. this is our Polly Perks. For the eagle-eyed of you, you will have heard her mentioned on Stephen's Corner in the shop. Oh, yes. Hello, you two. Polly Perks here. It was a, a strange week, ups and downs. I have to say, I did love Linda Snell throwing herself so wholeheartedly <laughs> into uh, the Inspector Calls moment when she <laughs> gave Ben an absolute grilling. And then, of course, there was the wonderful Paul Dark line. We did David standing there washing himself at the kitchen sink in his long johns. That was all marvellous. Roy was his usual boring self when he just kept on banging on to Adil. How he was banging on about Brian banging on and then realising that Brian was grieving and it was such a terrible thing. And Adil, Adil really told him, just sort yourself out and either don't invite him or stop moaning to tell Roy to stop moaning and stop being boring and stop going on and on really and the other thing of course is the magical Kate's wonderful transformation into this complete spiritual home what on earth is all that about when if anyone has any memory of it that's why they had to sell home farm because she was so intransigent about not wanting to move her beloved yurts. Anyway, a good week, really, in many ways, and I'm looking forward, if that's the right word, to the funeral on Friday, mm-hmm. where I think Alan will once again appear. And apparently Jasper Carrot's going to appear this week as well, so I'm looking forward to that. I hope everything's well with you two, and speak soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for that, Polly. We have talked about grief and Adil, your Adil, giving Roy a little bit of short shrift, right? You either you stop your moaning and you just deal with it type of thing, but have some compassion. Can I yeah. just interrupt you? It's all about Adil and his backstory. We have no, we know nothing about his character. This week we, he revealed more about his character than we've ever had. That's the only thing I wanted to say. <laughs> you said that at the start, though, didn't you? Yeah, I did. But you keep going on about it being my ideal. It is. <laughs> I'm not sold on him as a character yet at all. At all. But mm, not that I we'll see. Him. We'll see. I just we'll think. See. I just think there are so many other characters who we just haven't heard from, who are pretty much established. Who actually I care for. Johnny. Where's Johnny been? Oh, good point. Where is We've he? We've literally not heard of Johnny, and I was going to say two. It's got to be two years. Got to be two Easily, years. easily two years. But how many other characters are there that we actually... That's yeah, my point. Lot, Do yeah. we need new ones? And I say to you... No, but I say to you, maybe we just need to move on. Add other storylines. Don't think I'm, I'm not saying that with conviction. Lines. I'm not saying You're that not. with conviction. I have got <laughs> no problem with new storylines. 
I have a problem with reams and reams of new characters, especially if they're only going to be bookmarks. No, I, you know? I don't believe that Adil will be a bookmark. I think he's there. He's mm. been here for at least a year. He's established himself in the village with Shay Ninda Snell. He reacts, he has relationships with Oliver. He has a relationship with Roy. They're not, uh, but they're not explored though, Jacqueline. The because whole that's thing not with their Linda time. In the shop. Uh, and, no, it's not their time. And, it's not their and, time. And, I thought he was going to fall in love with Kirsty or something or another. Oh, you're, uh, you're such a smoochy, smoochy. Yeah, yeah, I'm a softy. But listen, Roy and Kirsty. So Kirsty's had this one-off with Jacob's yeah. brother. And you could easily foresee she's going to become pregnant. She's going to decide to keep nah, the child. Forget all Uncle that. Let me finish. Let me finish. Uncle Jacob. Uncle Jacob is going to be in... The village. But you know what? Roy and Kirsty are such I know their friends. We know their friends. A if she's gonna be pregnant and have a child, he's gonna be a pops, isn't he? He is. They're a wonderful team together. They really are. The whole Brian thing was them being a team. I'm not saying a couple, but being a team and how comfortable they are around each other and how Brian was in their space and how it impacted on them individually. And you do this, you do that. They very much were working in tandem. We know they're great friends. She did the, she saw his spreadsheet when he was out dating. I think they're both missing the fact that their ideal partner is actually right in front of them. Just saying. I'm going to take you back, Royfield Brown, to with uh, Lucy V. Freeman that you did. Mm. I called in and I said, I called it, that they were going to be a couple. Roy and Kirsty were going to make it together. And I was poo-pooed out of the market. So just bask in that. Right, yes. now. Bask in it because you bask in all your very, your very yeah, like uh, certain, uh, right. certainties. And that's one. I got I'm going to call that back right for once. you. You and one Lucy are going right to suffer. Once. One thing right once. Right, now, next bit of the show. We've done the caller in Chop. Yeah. Do we have any email readers? No. So let's hear what our Facebook posse have been talking about on the Dumpty Dum Facebook with our wonderful Katie to tell us what has been going on. Hey up my ducks, it's Katie here at KCP Land on Twitter and Instagram. First stop this week is Brian's gang. Andrea Twelves wants to hug Brian and Alice, but then shuddered at the thought of having to hug the rest of the family. We totally understand. Guy R. Williams opened the floodgates this week. You and me both. I can't stop. Dad always said my bladder was too close to my eyes. Kate Penfold said she usually finds Susan irritating, but was enjoying the change to her being well-meaning and loving this week. And Darcy Jorgensen said pretty much the same with her post. Heartbreaking and heartwarming. Pete Ransom shared the thoughts about Jenny's funeral and what will happen. And lots of people shared their experiences in the replies. Well worth a gander. Mike Jennings posted about the Archers slash West Wing down a hole crossover. Jen Reed pointed out how mean-spirited Kirsty was being with Roy inviting Brian round, and I have to agree with you. And our Witherspoon shared the explanation of how Roy and Kirsty got to the point of hating Brian. Becky Blackmore showed how Debbie's dealing with the news by performing in the National Theatre doing a strip tease for Twelfth Night. It's brilliant. There were a few posts about Helen Lee and the girls. While Sandra said Helen's suggestion wasn't entirely unexpected, while Darcy Jorgensen confirmed the fact Lee won't be able to afford to move there by looking at the cost of apartments in San Francisco. Pam Delay tried a hand at some spoken word, once upon a midnight dreary, while Helen pondered weak and weary, dot dot dot. Sheila English questioned how the mother of Lee's children can just up and take them out of the country, and Heidi Griffiths was hoping Helen might follow Lee across the pond. Pat Ralph Hanavan has been going through a tough time recently and shared their gratefulness for us all. And we're grateful for you, Pat. Next was David and Ruth. Joan Smith shared her mental image of what a cowjack really is. Well, if you want to know, check out the new series of Clarkson's Farm where you see it all in all its working glory. Just don't watch it while you're having your dinner. Gary Stanage managed to find a gif of David cleaning himself off in the kitchen. And Louise Lawton just had to post one word, 
Long John's. Shocking. On to other news. Maureen Manson spotted Ian on Father Brown, so guess the pizza selling isn't going that well. Sarah Evans has really enjoyed the farce of Linda staying in Brookfield and thought it was vintage, ar- vintage archers. And on to a more bizarre note, our Stephen wondered what it is about archer women and glue. Regarding our live show, Rob Williams shared a poll to show where people are staying if anyone needs help deciding where to be. And also, Joan Smith said because she's jealous that she can't make it to the UK, she's decided to see if anyone's interested in a mini-meetup in Boston, MA, in early May. So take a look at her post if you're up for it. Pete Ransom had a rather fab Dumpty Drum idea for those dramatic EastEnders moments. Love it. And on the note that this week, the official Archer's Facebook page shared a post to say they were pausing their regular posting. It looks like Dumpty Dum is still the place to be on the socials. As usual, welcome to the newbies. Make yourselves known. Settle in with a cuppa and let us know your thoughts. Until next time, ta Thank you, Katie. And thank you, everybody, who's been contributing to our Facebook group. Just remind us, Madame Berto, how many followers do we have on our Facebook page now? 2,300, I'll tell you. You're looking, I can tell you. Right, you put it in the script, woman. It's right at the start of the script. 2,300, you were basking in it. I was, you're right. Oh, God, it's so late. You've no idea how late it is at night here. <laughs> we are on a roll, says Witherspoon, and she's right. So you need, we need to take a deep breath to welcome you all this week. We have 24 new lovely members of Dumpty Dum Facebook group. So let's wish a very warm Dumpty Dum welcome to... Marcella Lassen. Galeria Part. Phil Markham. Jackie Talbot. Mark Grimes. Joanne Deverick. Brach Mack. Ellen Woodcock. Tori Stewart. Rachel Moss. Al Williams. Fern Adams. Julie Ann Carroll. Callisto Zeus. What a wonderful name. What sounds like a Brazilian <laughs> football player. <laughs> what a wonderful name. Joe Atcher. Hilary Hart. Sally Harris. Helen Blackburn. Priscilla Elmer. Greta Finon. Jenny Raymond. News from the Garden. Shane Marie Kemp. Sandy Williams. I don't think we've got any reviews this week, have we, Royfield? I'm just going to quickly check. We have no uh, reviews, good people. God uh, damn the lot. Get on yes, there, you crap. Please. For the love of all things holy, please write a say review on Apple iTunes. There's links of how you can do this in the show notes. Come on now. Please you. So you do know we're on Twitter and you can find us at Dumpty Tum where you can join the tweet along fun by using the hashtag the archers using a capital T and a capital A, which helps the visually impaired joining the fun. And I can be found on Twitter as Jberto Sanguen where we have 9,235 followers. And we're talking about Twitter. Time for Tweet of the Week. Verbal Pumpkin! It's your time. Hello, Royfield, Jacqueline and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with a selection of Tweets of the Week. And my thanks as ever to everyone who tags at Dumpty Dum to make sure we see all the best ones. This week on Twitter, hashtag the Archers has been full of discussions of the right coffin choice for Jenny. Among my favourites were Moira Walton, who had Brian saying, I've been looking at coffins. How about this one draped in cravats? To which Flower Power Gardening replied, I was expecting something from the Albion kitchen range. But I give the last word to... Stephanie Migot, Miss Migot, who said, Get Jenny Darling a handwoven wicker number with organic linen lining and sheep's wool stuffing. It was also a very funny week on the show, thanks to scriptwriter Naila Ahmed, who came up with some classic lines. We ran a quick poll to choose between the following Susan saying, I'll see myself out, after she'd given Brian what for. Linda with Please put a shirt on, David. This isn't an episode of Poldark. Or Linda again telling Ben, your USP is a half-naked farmer in threadbare long johns in the kitchen at midnight. At the time of writing, the runaway winner is Poldark. 
Thanks to everyone who highlighted great lines to at Dumpty Dum. If you keep it up, we'll make this a regular feature. And finally, here are my medals for Tweets of the Week. In bronze position, it's James A. at Exeter Dormouse. Susan getting through to Brian where everyone else has failed. Some heroes wear tabards. Here, here. In silver, it's Gareth at GJ Marklu. Lee's going to be halfway up to the Stephen's steeple with a banner and a megaphone before too long, isn't he? And in gold, it's Tom Doran at Portrait in Flesh. Sorry, girls, no Californian adventure for you, but in exchange, you get to live in the arse end of nowhere with a terminally bland yoghurt mogul and her two horrible children. Well, that's it for this week. See you all on Twitter next week. Thank you, Theo. Congratulations to everybody who was bronze, silver and guild in Tweet of the Week. Now, hey, <laughs> Twitter isn't the only social media platform that we're on. We've mentioned Facebook. Obviously, now we're talking about Twitter, but we're also on Instagram. Go to Instagram. Now, Instagram, our place on Instagram is run by the wonderful, lovely Katie. She's awesome. I am also on Instagram, Instagram, you've got me wanging now. I am also on Instagram where I I tend to wang on about my dogs, my garden, beloved Britannia. You can find me, I'm simply Jacqueline Berto. I'll do this bit then when she's in red. Thanks to to our contributors and to our social media supremo, Shambridge for her voices and to our podcasting godmother, Lucy V. Freeman. Don't forget, folks, get your tickets for the Dum De Dum Weekend in Birmingham. That's going to be in April. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.